Welcome to The Concierge CPA. I'm Jackie Meyer, founder of The Concierge Accountant Program and Tax Plan IQ software. This is a podcast for accounting firm owners and influencers who are pursuing world-class service. We discuss their path to excellence, their daily habits, and what influences them and their work. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around till the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go, y'all. Welcome, everyone. Today, I have Dennis Duban, a fellow CPA, visiting with us. He has had his own accounting firm since 1979. So he is an OG, and he specializes in tax and tax planning, specifically real estate, entertainment industry. You got to do that in California, right? Exactly construction, professional corporations, retirement, and estate planning. And he contributes his success to his great joy for his firm, its staff, and his true love of supporting people in realizing their dreams. We have a lot to learn from Dennis today, and I have questions. But first, Dennis, welcome. Tell us a little bit more about you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be on the podcast. Um, I graduated USC in 1973. Uh, I went to work for a big eight CPA firm back in the day where there were big eight and middle eight um, and did that until 79. And that's when I went out on my own. Um, It was a great move. and, um, And looking back, I wouldn't have done it differently. Wonderful. Now, I saw a fun fact about you. You won the Forbes gold medal for the highest score on the May 1973 Uniform CPA exam. And I did not even know that was a thing. How did you do that? I think I overachieved. <laughs> I always studied hard and it was uh, it was important to me to be the best at something. And it wasn't looking like athletics or sports was going to be it. So I just decided it would be what I was studying in college. And SC had a great accounting department. So I just decided I'm going to work as hard as I can. And I did study for that exam like nobody's business. 35,000 people took it that year in in May. And I remember uh, I took the Becker CPA review course. um, And I took the CPA review course that they offered at SC. I studied and studied and studied, um, and my birthday, which is on April 15th, of course, um, it was only a month before the exam, and I literally said to my folks, you can come and visit, I have a half hour, (laughs) and we did that, and I literally took the test, and I thought, oh, I don't know, I don't know if I passed Maybe I should start studying again. Um, and then when they you never know, know right? It was, no, it was 90 days until the scores come out. And uh, my mom called and said, you know, the postcard came because that's how they did it back then. What do you want me to do? I said, read me from the top down because 
if I didn't pass them all, I don't want to know that till the end. And she yeah. just started reading off the scores and I went, oh, I, I passed. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Now, I, I did Becker review course as well, and I highly recommend it. I think it was the oh, best, the best. Absolutely. No, I had my son-in-law do Becker. And even if you have another one, they really are able to synthesize all this data and 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 show you what questions to study. You know, I I, I still want people to learn the material, mm -hmm. not just to learn how to pass the test. Um, but I think it's a great way if you know the material to organize it in your in your head. Sure. Now, did you always want to be an accountant? No, actually, I didn't. I I loved math. I loved numbers. I loved uh, adding and everything. And originally, I actually wanted to be a math teacher. And, and my parents said, that's, that's great. And it's exciting. And, and you'll be very good. You know, you do have this taste for the good life. And sadly, our society doesn't really reward teachers the no. same way they might reward CPAs. So I said, okay, I get it. Um, and then I decided maybe engineering, because that's all numbers and maybe a structural engineer, where you have the ability to build tall buildings. It's all math. And there uh, I took the first year to start my engineering courses. And we had a great big in 1970. Uh, let's see. And 71, we had a big recession in California. The engineers were all out of work. Oh, and my dad said, you know, engineering is very cyclical. Um, accounting is also math and it's not so cyclical. And I had taken one little bookkeeping course in high school as an elective and I loved it but I thought well this is too easy you can't make a, a career out of something that's easy and fun it has to be hard and it has to be a grind and the folks were like no it, it can be fun and that was it I just hit the ground running and and and, and it was it was me I mean I just get that I'm the only person I know who's excited about bookkeeping accounting and taxes I just love it Okay, you're not alone. I don't care for bookkeeping and accounting, but I love taxes. I love tax planning. And I love being that detective and finding clues and figuring out how to save people more money. So you're in good company for sure. Good. It's a chess game. Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, very strategic. Now, you recently launched something at your firm that's very unique to our industry. It's a vertically integrated chain. So it includes capital management, which, you know, a lot of people are doing now, but then also real estate brokerage, property management, and mortgages. It's truly kind of a one-stop shop, right? Yes. So that's really unique. What inspired you to do that? And would you encourage others to go that route? If they enjoy real estate, then definitely I would encourage it. In, in our city real estate is the topic of conversation and you know the, the we're we're a little uh, microcosm of people that talk about the value of their house at a dinner party and after we get done talking about what freeways we took to get to the dinner party the 405 exactly it's non-stop that skit is real life by the way yes and i've always loved real estate that was the only thing I invested in, and I got real estate by osmosis at the dinner table, and all of the clients, they wanted my advice on real estate, and I loved it. And after doing this for almost 40 years, I thought, wait a minute, we should be doing the real estate. 
So a bunch of the people in the firm went out and got their licenses. We hired a, a, a real estate broker. Uh, my daughter ended up getting her broker's license, my son-in-law, his agent license. And here we had this fine little boutique real estate company that found properties or listed properties for our clients that needed. They know they can trust us because they're long-term clients. We're not just going to do a transaction and, and walk away. And we love it. But I was always saying to them, you guys need rental properties. You need to build a wealth portfolio that's not just the stock market. Mm -hmm. And they said, there's no way I want to be a landlord. I went, no problem. We'll form a property management company and you'll never get a call about an exploding toilet on a Saturday night. And mm -hmm. so that brought that in and, and the clients flocked to it. And then we realized what's the only stressful part of the real estate process? It's getting the mortgage. Mm -hmm. So we brought in a dear, dear, dear longtime friend of mine who is a mortgage broker. And we said, you're going to work with us and we'll be a hundred percent exclusive referral source to you. And so he does the mortgages so we can manage people's capital between real estate transactions or their retirement accounts. Yeah. We can then help them find houses or apartment buildings here. We can manage those. We can tell them when to sell. They can trust us. And we hooked up with a very boutique European company because I didn't want to dumb down the accounting firm, which is boutique and high-end. So we found an equally boutique real estate uh, company. So we have access to international uh, MLS and websites. Ooh. So we, we look like an enormous company because we have 20 some thousand agents around the globe uh, and it's a German company. So it's very meticulous. Uh, it's very detail oriented and it's, and I think it's a very classy. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I might need to talk to you because we're um, on the hunt for an investment property and vacation home in Costa Rica. And it's kind of hard to find the like MLS in uh, different countries, right? But they don't have the efficiency that we have here with the MLS. So you end up working with one agent that only turns you on to their listings and right. so needing to work with several. But, um, but Costa Rica is a beautiful and wonderful place to buy property and and when a, when a country doesn't have an army, so to speak, mm -hmm. all of those resources that normally would go to defense, go to education, infrastructure, healthcare, uh, they have a 97% rate of college graduates. So it's a wow. great place. Um, and, and, and yeah, that's, I can help you navigate international buying when it comes to perfect yeah I'll take you up on that and yeah Pura Vida is the saying in Costa Rica I love the people there they're so friendly and um, content with life no matter what they have now no income tax yeah right <laughs> coincidentally right yeah you mentioned um, you think everyone should try to dabble in real estate what about starting your own business at what point do you recommend that someone start their own business this is a great question. So I recommend you start your own business when you know everything about the business that you're going to need. Um, I've started businesses and I've bought businesses over these years thinking, well, I have a business background. I have an accounting degree. I, I think I could run a business. Well, there's a huge difference between running a, an accounting firm and maybe running a furniture manufacturing company, Sure. which I tried. 
I miserably failed at. Okay. I didn't understand. It's a different marketing. I thought we'll do cost accounting, figure out how many hours at what rate people spend making that piece of furniture. What's the cost of the materials? I got cost accounting down. It didn't work out. Okay. It, I didn't understand. Um, and I did the same thing once with another business where I bought a franchise and you need to know that business just because you're a general businessman doesn't mean you'll be successful if you buy in an industry where you've never done it. Now, having said that, if you go in full time, I think you do have more of an opportunity for success. Mm -hmm. I was hiring people that I thought could run these businesses while I sat and did my accounting firm. Maybe had I been full-time, I might've learned more about these businesses more quickly. But I think you have to know all about this business before you jump in. Yeah, that's great advice. I love it. So I actually, I have kind of run into the similar challenges. I have three companies now. I have the CPA firm, I have a coaching business for accountants, and then tax planning software called Tax Plan IQ. And I didn't realize how in over my head I was with becoming a software developer, but I love that challenge. And so I'm just putting, you know, every additional resource I can, all of my knowledge and education towards it right now. But you're right. You can't be passively involved in these big endeavors and, and just hope for the best, right? No, no, it really is a lot more work. I wouldn't know where to start on a software Coming. Just the thought of having to update it by the time I have finished it for the following year changes, I would be, oh, I this is, yeah, my brain is too, too limited to get into something that would be that massive. The coaching, on the other hand, we do a lot of coaching in our careers if we take a big holistic look at the whole client. So that sure. seems like a very um, complimentary business if you start with your accounting clients or if you start with the other CPAs because you know them because of yourself. Yeah, exactly. I, I adore working with other accountants because we're all just quirky in our own little special way and um, it makes sense. Yeah. Now, what would, do you, what would you say is the biggest challenge you've had and how have you overcome it in your business? So the business, the biggest challenge we've had in the business, and this isn't something that just happened in the last two years where it also happened for everybody else. Mm -hmm. It's always been recruiting the right employees. Um, there is just something about putting together that perfect team that takes a lot of effort. And I think when I was younger in my career, um, I might have been more uh, prone to see that somebody wasn't working out, set them free to be in the right environment and move on from there. Mm -hmm. As I have gained, you can call it gray hair or you can call it wisdom. Yeah. But I realized that there are a lot of people that just needed more direction, more encouragement. Um, and, and, and if you understand them more, there's a better chance of them succeeding. So... I had taken about a year and a half off at one point, about eight years ago. And when I came back, I watched attitudes in the firm being uh, handled in a way that I wasn't happy with. And instead of thinking, I'll hire a clean slate, I started to work with these people one-on-one. -on -one. Why do you have a chip on your shoulder? Why do you feel we're not taking care of you? And doing employee surveys instead of client surveys. Mm -hmm finding what was wrong on an 
on a uh, anonymous basis and working with them. And one by one, I watched people turn into really valuable team members. That's so much less expensive than training new people and finding them or paying an agency fee or all the things that go along with it. So now I will give people a lot of chances and a lot of encouragement. It's helping. Getting a new body into the firm is still very difficult again right now because we're in massive full employment. Yeah. Uh, but but if and right now, knock on wood, we feel like our team is 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 the exact size that we need for the firm. And I don't hear anybody else saying that. But oh I'm, no, that's great. That's you're you've got a way a leg up than most accountants right now. And so I'm hoping, and there have been times when I've run into a person and gone, oh, this person would be perfect for our firm. And even though we don't need anybody right now, I am gonna lock them up here, mm -hmm. recruit them. And I'll figure it out. Yeah. And, and, and I've had a couple of times where that's worked out really well. In other words, if you build it, they will come. So, sure. but but HR is not necessarily a CPA's uh, talent. No. And, um, you know, I had a I, I had a partner one time, and the kids would complain that um, he didn't thank them ever. And I talked to him about this, and he said, "Well, their paycheck is the thank you." I said, "No." This is oh not yeah, we we can't think like that anymore, especially after the Great Resignation. People want happiness and fulfillment so much more than even before COVID hit. Um, we cannot think of things in the same way that we thought of things even ten years ago. No, and we enjoyed overtime because that's where you could save money. That's where you put away money that you weren't already living on. And overtime was probably how I bought my first house i was i would take all the overtime that they would have at the firm where i worked and and i if i work another hour and i do another return i make more money and this generation that it's not interesting to them and i said listen i know i could have four in your department why don't we do three you guys can rack up massive overtime and no thanks we we prefer our weekends and our evenings like no, you, you can't build wealth on a 40-hour week job, but that's not their goal. Their goal is to enjoy their time on this planet. Right. Good lesson. Yeah. I remember, yeah, that's true. I remember even starting my own firm 12 years ago, I worked a full-time job while I was starting it on the side. And I think a lot of us um, have done that and yes. it's not really something that I think the next generation is, you know, wanting or willing to do. No. no. Um, so you didn't have any turnover from like the great resignation and COVID? We had no turnover during COVID. That's amazing. And I kept my employees feeling very safe. We, we made them know that they're allowed to work at home. Everybody got a full-on workstation at home, double monitors, the whole thing. Um, we made the workspace here safe because remember back in, and at the time, we thought you could catch it from the surface, like the button on the Xerox machine. So we got people in here to consult with us, one person in the kitchen at a time, one person in the restroom at a time. And everybody here in my building has operable uh, windows or patio doors or both and private offices. So we were able to, on this floor, uh, you could have fresh air blowing into the suite and blowing out. And then on the other floor where they have more of a cubicle arrangement, uh, we would have, say, half the people come in each day, and then you had a good 12 to 18 feet between all the bodies. That helped during COVID, 
during the great resignation, I don't know that I did anything except make sure the employees are, are happy um, and not give them the raise after they said they could get more money somewhere else. I tried to be very generous during this time and during the inflation. We, we saw the inflation, I think, before it was um, talked about in the press. And so I tried to do that. Now, I haven't always been that proactive on personnel, but I, I have a great HR guy who has his ear to the pulse and to the temperature of all the employees, even though he works remotely from Arizona and we're in LA, um, but I hear right away, they want this, they want birthday parties, they want an event, they want, and, and I, sometimes I get a little backed up or I really, really, um, but he'll calm down, this is what they want, and 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 if I so I have some really great people, um, you know I have some people that have been here 15, 20, and thirty years. Wow, that's amazing. That kind of bridges into my next question, which is something you do exceptionally well, and how you can help our listeners because I haven't heard of a single firm that's retained a hundred percent of their team with since COVID. Um, so it sounds like you you are really doing something special with your team there. So your greatest challenge is also kind of your greatest strength. How does the HR person know, like, how is he getting that kind of intel from the team? Is he calling them? What's like something you could recommend for other firms to do? I think what he has done is he has made it clear that his line is always open. Mm-hmm. He has made it very clear that he's a safe space. He's not my voice. He is their advocate. And, and, and we've made sure that when people uh, reach out to him and have an issue, that, they, that we act on the issue. And when they saw that I'm not, I'm not going to punish somebody who complains about something that's going on in the firm, but I'm going to fix it, yeah. um, they went, wow, this works. So it's been positive reinforcement. So when somebody said, we don't, we, we don't enjoy the fact that, that you don't have uh, a lot of parties, but we don't have a celebration after tax season. We made sure that we did those and then we would do one each quarter for the birthdays in that quarter. When we got uh, a, you know, a complaint about somebody feeling like um, the 401k wasn't structured uh, in a way that they wanted, we fixed it. Um, it we really tried to make sure and they went, well, this is pretty good. You know, and I would a lot of times go in and personally apologize if somebody felt like they were slighted. It's just swallowing your ego and and making them feel heard, but and, and then making a making a deal about it and maybe even turning it into humor. Like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go down that road again. Right. Um, but he really has, and he's had their back. I must say that that sometimes I'm it takes me a moment to get on board. Yeah. And sometimes I've had to say, I not now. Not yeah, now. I just I can't do that now, but maybe in the future and let but it soak I'm, in a little bit, right? I'm I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm hearing what you're asking for, but mostly that they know that it's a safe place. And when I thought I was the safe place, they said, You have no idea. <laughs> you're, you're not the safe place. And we're nobody's gonna talk to you like that. And um, but they the employee surveys have really helped. Now, in a small firm, the anonymity 
is is probably uh, fictional because you can usually tell if there's con if there's content if there's sure. comments. But um, it's worth a shot. We you know we have about sixteen people here, and um, that that works. So he an HR guy, and he's not just HR. Obviously, with sixteen people, you don't have an HR guy. Mm-hmm. He's HR. He's IT. He's communications. He's my accounts receivable collection. Oh, wow. So he's got a lot going on, but they're all things you can do remotely. Sure. And he interfaces with our hardware software company because they come once a week and tweak all these machines and figure out why somebody's printer isn't working and add new stations. And he's, he's quite valuable. That's awesome. That I love it. Yeah. Now, you've already given some really good kind of career tips and whatnot. Is there any other, you know, big lesson that you've learned in your career that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Yeah, we need a way to differentiate ourselves from all the other CPAs. Mm, Everybody in our position can key in and I don't care if it's LACERT, I don't care if it's tax IQ, I don't, yeah. We can key in a return based on the data in the organizer. So we need a different way to differentiate ourselves. And, and I was told l- later on in my career that these were things that, these are the reasons people were referring me and these were the reasons that people were coming back. Mm-hmm. And one of them was the client, when they walked out the door, felt like, this is going to be okay. Taxes are stressful. Finances are stressful. Debt, income, living is, money is stressful. Mm-hmm. And when I would take the pieces of their puzzle and listen to them back in the day where you had an hour that was face to face, you could get in their head. I could listen to them. I could put the buckets together. And, and even though I didn't always know how I'm going to fix this or solve this, they knew that I listened to them. They knew that I heard them and they left going, we'll handle this. We'll figure it out. You're fine. You're fine. And they would come out and say to like to the receptionist, oh my God, I go in there and I'm afraid for my life. And when I come out, I just love it. I'm happy. So that was thing number one. Thing number two was I tried to make the appointments fun. <laughs> yeah, don't be just a stuffy, boring accountant. Be it, fun, be it, happy, laugh, right? Why not? I have this great life and I'm always happy to explain it to the client and to and to tell whatever funny things have happened that this client is going to agree that that's funny. I always wanted it not to be like getting your teeth clean. I, <laughs> I right? wanted it to be hysterical. And, 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 and back in the day, I had an uncanny talent to be able to input off of the sheet, looking down, but then at the same time, I could ask you about your kids. I could ask you about your life, your job. And all of a sudden here I am typing. You don't really see that part, but then I hit a number and I go, oh, by the way, this is your taxes. That was an easier return, but they're like, yeah. when did you do that? Wow. Talking, you know, or using the 10 key when we were doing input sheets. Remember those. And so I just wanted the clients to have a good time and, and, and that we can be friends. And so I'm, you know, I've had to learn how do you maintain 
the relationship, the intimate relationship post-COVID. Mm-hmm. People don't come to the office. We have this gorgeous suite of offices here. They don't want to drive into LA. Um, and 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 I want I want the FaceTime with them. I want to listen to their story. I want to find out you can do a return and they don't even remember to tell you they had a child. Yeah. They don't read the organizer. So have you found what's kind of your best tip for working around that, the I'm, remoteness? I am using Zoom like I live and breathe. Yeah. I'm asking every client either before the return prep, during it, or after we send them the draft with the authorizations, can I have 15 minutes of Zoom time with you? Um, And if not, can we talk on the phone? But I have to keep that connection because otherwise they're going to meet somebody at a dinner party that they enjoy. And all of a sudden, well, you can do my texts. I never even see my accountant anymore. Right. It's going to be. That's that's great advice. I love it. Just get a little bit of, even if it's over Zoom, a little face-to-face time. You need to just look at, look into their eyes and, you know, assure them that you're still there for them, right? Exactly. It's exactly the way it has to go. Cool. Now you kind of already answered my next two questions because I was going to ask, what does the concierge CPA mean to you? And to me, it means exactly what you just described about going the extra mile for the clients. Um, And I was also going to ask, how do you stay happy and healthy in our industry? And it sounds like you try, try to have some fun. Any other thoughts on that? I do love what I do. And I think that helps. And I always say to my clients and their kids, which next generation of capital, right? If you find something that you love, the money will follow. If money is important and if you are money driven. And I admit I was, is, and will be. <laughs> that is just how I roll. Okay. But I think that that that's part of it. So if you love what you do and you and 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 like you do and I do, and I'm sure there are a lot of CPAs, just communicate that. That yeah. this is what we do, but we actually really like it. Yes, we have days and yes, we can feel overwhelmed. Um, but but just love love what you do. That's gonna be um the key to, to being happy. I'm also blessed. I'm so blessed. I have the most amazing spouse of 42 years. I have the wow. most amazing daughter of 29 years. I have the beyond most amazing son-in-law. I mean, so I really have so many blessings and I do my gratitude meditation every single morning. Um, some, some mornings it's more productive than others. Sure. <laughs> but, but, I know that but feeling. That's helped me uh, just realize how how grateful we can be and how abundant we are um but i felt abundant even when by definition i might not have been abundant in somebody else's mind but i felt abundant that's awesome i love that dennis i i could ask you so many more questions but we are like running out of time Uh, Um, you mentioned that your son-in-law is your exit strategy I'm curious, did he work for you before meeting your daughter or vice versa? How did that come about? He met my daughter. He was here doing an internship from the German real estate company that we affiliated with. Oh, wow. They send us two interns for each shop that we have each year, two in the summer and then two uh, in the fall. And so he was doing his internship 
Uh, and and I remember asking my daughter uh, if she had been introduced to the intern in the Santa Monica shop. And she said, oh, daddy, I, I think he's about 16. And she was 21 at the time. I said, no, they have to be 21 to be in the program. And she's, oh, well, that might make a difference. <laughs> so he met her and then uh, they talked and then he was thinking of asking her out. And then somebody said, it's the boss's daughter. You don't do that. You'll be back in Germany before you know it. And he decided, no, I'm going to do it anyway. And he realized who she was and, and, and the kind of life she wanted to lead. And soon thereafter, he finished his degree. He decided, you know, now with accounting to take the test, you need another year of accounting courses. Mm -hmm. So I said, if you're going to go a whole nother year, why don't you just get a master's? And he said, in what? I said, I like taxation. <laughs> he got his master's in taxation. He passed a CPA exam the first time. He did the whole nine yards. And, and during that time, he was working here and in the real estate company. And I thought, this guy is good. He's on it. And oh, yeah. that's how it worked. My clients loved him. His real estate clients loved him. Um, the family loves him. So we just, I thought this is a good move. And they were all for it. So usually you would you wouldn't make these decisions so quickly, but in our family, um, we do tend to do that. When Chelsea said she thought she wanted to move in with Dominic, she said, Daddy, I want to ask you this. You know, I know we've only known each other three months and this and that, and I, I kind of want your blessing. And I said, listen, when I met your dad, we knew each other for eight days. We moved in together and that was 42 years ago. So I'm the wrong wow. one to ask. <laughs> so you believe in love at first sight? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. My husband claims he fell in love with me at first sight too. I don't know if I believe it, but. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter how it started as long as it doesn't end. Right. So. Exactly. So I think. Uh, that's, that's great. I love it. Thank you for asking that. Sure. Now, is there anything else that you think our listeners would, would like to know or any other words of advice that you have? You know, I think that, that as CPAs, we have two, um, two things that we really should make sure we, we, we do. One is to make sure that the client is well taken care of, not just the return but their, their finances and, and reach out to them. And if they don't respond, it's okay, but reach out to them. The other one I think is keeping up on our technical ability because mm -hmm. the world is changing constantly. And whether you're doing 40 hours a year of continuing education or 80, um, it is a moving target. And I think that those of us that stay current are, are, are really doing our clients a service and then sending out notices to the clients where there's a law change that affects their return. Sure. Um, I think that's the big kicker. It, it, it's easy to get complacent and figure out that the software will handle the law change. Mm -hmm. It's not enough. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I always say you can never over communicate to your clients, but you can definitely under communicate and they will be upset. They want to hear from you, even if they don't have anything to respond with. Um, it's better just to, to touch base and just say, shoot them a note and say, hey, are you doing okay? Is there anything I can do for you? Um, it that, yeah, it's the uninvited communication that gets you so many points. Exactly, exactly. 
Okay. So how would our listeners be able to contact you if they have any additional questions or wanted some advice? So we, we have our website at uh, dldcpas.com. Uh, um, also my initials, dd at dldcpas.com. I would love to hear from people. As you can see, I love this topic and it's a nice break from actually cranking out tax returns. Sure. Um, we're happy to, uh, to it, we, we're in LA, but I feel like I'm on emails 24 seven. So they'll get responses. Even when I work remotely, um, people think I'm, I'm working at night. I just happen to be in a foreign country. Um, so I love getting e emails and responding and I love hooking up with other people in the profession. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dennis, for all of your insight. Sure. Um, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day. For listening to the concierge cpa hosted by tax plan iq we believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world if you are a successful accounting firm owner or influencer who would like to be on this program please visit jackiemeyercpa.com j-a-c-k-i-e-m-e-y-e-r-c-p-a.com to apply please share this on social media and rate us so we can continue our good work Join our Facebook group called Accounting Firm Influencers or connect with me on most platforms under Jackie Meyer CPA. Thanks for being accountable to transforming our industry today.